I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources today. My name is Taylor Morgan. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Simpson, and we today are filling in for Inside Sources host, Boyd Matheson. Uh, Again, my name is Taylor. I am a managing partner at the local lobbying consulting shop, Morgan May Public Affairs. Scott, introduce yourself, and then we'll get going. Well, good afternoon, Taylor. It's been a while since we've been together on a show, and it's uh, good to see you. It looks like the summer's treating you well. (laughs) I'm here in a t-shirt and shorts, and uh, Scott Simpson is wearing... A full business suit and dress shirt, missing a tie for Casual Friday. It's Friday, here. yeah. Yeah, so it's Friday, I, right? Yeah, unbuttoned just a little bit. But, I, you know, we're going to start off the show today um, talking about an action that the president just took. And, you know, I was raised, my civics training really began with Schoolhouse Rock, like most of my generation. And you remember, I'm Just a Bill, right? There was that whole great sh- song that sort of described the the nuance and the and the complications of of passing a bill. And you would know, right? You worked as a chief of staff or to you worked on the hill, right? For- yeah, I was a, with I was a senior policy advisor to Senator Hatch for a while back in DC and then yeah, I've kind of been involved in lawmaking process and so I I've I was inspired by those cartoons, you know, and uh, a few years ago Saturday Night Live did a sketch and it was it was after an immigration um move that uh, President Obama made, but the the same song. These guys did this thing. <laughs> I know called, what you're talking about. Yep. I'm an executive order, <laughs> and I pretty much just happened. That was the. That was the. There's no process. The There's there no, no process. Uh, deliberative action here. This just is done, right? So you know, the president's in this unenviable position of having to do something, right? He he, he uh, his base is it wants him to act on this Supreme Court ruling, and then all of the states that are now beginning to move around this issue and that ruling, and he has issued an executive order. And I think it'd be interesting to find out, talk through what what actually happened here, and then whether or not this makes a difference at all. In this executive order, President Biden directs the Department of Justice to protect women traveling to other states to get an abortion and women's access to medication. I'm asking the Justice Department that much like they did in the civil rights era to do something, do everything in their power, to protect these women seeking to invoke their rights. In states where clinics are still open, to protect them from intimidation, to protect the right of women to travel from state 
that prohibits seeking the medical attention that she needs to a state to provide that care. To protect the woman's right to the FDA-approved, the Federal Drug Administration-approved medication that's been available for over 20 years. Okay, so following the Supreme Court's recent ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, there has been a lot of, I'll say, confusion, right? Regardless of the politics for or against the ruling itself, I I think the concern right now among many is that now – uh, these laws are in the decisions are going to be left up to the states, right? right? Yep. And so, again, regardless of how you feel about whether that's good or bad, the fact is is that a lot of states are still trying to get a handle on this, right? Yeah, we, they've got to legislate, right? Right. At this point, they've got to fill up some holes that, that have been left by this ruling. Right. That's exactly right. And so in this executive order, President Biden is – uh, attempting to provide some clarity, to provide some process guidelines or instruction or what he can't do, Scott, is he cannot restore uh, abortion, you know, that was overturned by the court. He cannot restore the quote unquote right to abortion by executive order. That's not possible. But what he can do is provide some direction, some process guidelines, things like that. Uh, the second part of President Biden's executive order instructs the Department of Health and Human Services uh, to provide safeguards for women who may be in a life-threatening situation. This executive order directs the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, to ensure all patients, including pregnant women and girls experience pregnant, experiencing pregnancy loss, get emergency care they need under federal law, and the doctors have the clear guidance on their own responsibilities and protections. No yep. matter what the state, no matter what state they're in, it is uh, Taylor. It's it's hard to know exactly where the president's trying to come down. You know, right. There are some things that are obvious. You know, he talks about contraception, and he talks about interstate travel, those sorts of things. But like this issue of pregnancy loss, I'm not exactly sure what what he means by that. You know, and and wh- where that comes down in in definition. But right. Um. And you know. The only thing he can do is order his department, right, to act in certain ways. One of those things, and we've talked about this on this show, I think Boyd's had this conversation, but moving upstream uh, to the family planning world is one conversation about contraception. Yes. But there's this other half of contraception that is after the fact, right, right. after conception, sort of contraception, and and uh, he's also – directed HHS to expect access to that. The executive order protects access to contraceptions that I'm about to sign. Right now, in all 50 states in the District of Columbia, the Affordable Care Act guarantees insurance coverage for women's health services, including, including free birth control. The executive order directs HHS to identify ways to expand access to reproductive health services, like IUDs, birth control pills, Emergency contraception. There are going to be, Scott, a lot of questions uh, in every state uh, about what the laws will be, what they are. Even in Utah, with Utah's trigger law, we are seeing a lot of questions coming out about uh, exceptions, uh, about contraception, about uh, in vitro fertilization, for example. So there are a lot of questions about this uh, that hopefully uh, this executive order may provide some clarity, but also p- 
potentially some more controversy. We'll be back uh, with a, more discussion uh, about this and other hot topics for the day uh, after the break. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.